Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, very happy to be able to talk with you on this Thursday. I want to give you an update first on uh, Scott Pollard, who is at Vanderbilt uh, Hospital in Nashville. And uh, just moments ago, I was uh, texting with him, and he uh, told me that he is on status two, and status two is the level of I guess priority is the best way to say it for a heart transplant. So status one is critically ill and on mechanical support. Scott is status two, which is means that you are in the hospital on mechanical support or with severe ventricular arrhythmias. And I don't really know what that means, but all I know is he's high up, uh, meaning that, you know, hopefully uh, he will get a heart soon. I don't have to tell people this, but I think you should just take a moment and think about what it means to be getting a heart. And there's only one way you can get a heart, okay? And that's through the misfortune of another person who is walking around right now and their heart is gonna be in Scott's body soon. And I was talking with Scott a little bit about the the mind aspect of all of this, and and quite frankly, I, I just can't, I can't, um, I can't even imagine what he's going through. Uh, by the way, if you follow him on his social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, X, uh, he puts out daily videos and updates people, and uh, he's weak right now. He doesn't have a lot of strength and uh, I'm praying for that man and hope that everything goes well. But I just wanted to update you uh, on Scott. All right. The uh, NBA trade deadline is in the books. Uh, if you were hoping that the Kings were going to make a move, they really did not. They acquired Robin Lopez from Milwaukee cash considerations to waive him. So nothing there. Uh, what I can tell you is what happened last night in Sacramento was an embarrassment. Okay, there's just no other way to say it. You allow the Detroit Pistons, without their two leading scores, to put 133 points on the board. Okay? And I don't care if you were on the road for a seven-game trip or a 70-game trip. You come home and take a team that had only six wins only two wins on the road and you allow them to dictate play and to score 133 points is an absolute embarrassment and good for Mike Brown for calling them out at the end of the game. You know what? Good for Mike Brown. So now you have Denver tomorrow. Denver is playing tonight in LA against the Lakers. So you're getting them on a back-to-back. Then you get back on the airplane Saturday. You fly to Oklahoma City on Super Bowl Sunday for a game on Super Bowl Sunday, a matinee. The uh, Thunder, by the way, are playing in Dallas tomorrow afternoon. But you have a very weird start time to that game. And then you go to Phoenix. And then the very next night, you're in Denver. 
and then it's the all-star break. Currently, the Kings sit in seventh place. And you know how it works. Top six, you're guaranteed a spot. Seven, eight, nine, ten, play in tournament. And you don't want that. All right, Super Bowl Sunday. As uh, we get closer to the weekend, and tomorrow I'll release a podcast on my Super Bowl preview and tell you who I like. But if you have any thoughts on that, uh, we can talk about it as well. All right, I need a leadoff person who wants to be my leadoff person today. We can uh, get the show rolling if you want to talk Kings, you want to talk uh, NBA trade deadline, you want to talk about NFL, uh, whatever else you want to discuss, uh, we can do so. You know, there's nothing earth shattering that really happened today. Uh, it was re- a relatively quiet NBA trade deadline. Nothing major. You know, I thought Oklahoma City really helped themselves, assuming that Gordon Hayward can get back on the court and be healthy. I think he could really help them in the playoffs. I thought the Knicks did well, getting a couple of scores in Bogdanovich and Burks. Uh, but n- nothing really knocked my socks off. You know, again, based on past years, it was relatively quiet. And again, the Kings, there wasn't a move out there for them to be made in all likelihood. And I've been talking about this now, not for weeks, but for months. The Kings are who they are. All right, they're going to be good some nights. They're going to be bad some nights. They are seventh in the West for a reason. That could change with a win or a loss. But their point differential is bad. And to have only a 0.3 point differential is very bad. Just to give you an example of how bad that is, okay? If you look at the top eight teams in the East, every single team has a better point differential than Sacramento other than Miami, and they're at minus 0.3. But every team in the East in the top eight has a better point differential with the exception of Miami. In the West, of the top seven teams, Sacramento currently seventh. All teams ahead of Sacramento have a better point differential. Oklahoma City, plus 7.8. Minnesota, plus 6. Denver, plus 4.2. Clippers, plus 6.1. Phoenix, plus 2.9. New Orleans, plus 4.4. Dallas is right behind Sacramento at only minus 0.1. Even the Lakers aren't that far behind at 0.9. That is not good. Not good. Here's something else that is not good. The Sacramento Kings allow 118.1 points per game. Do you know that all the teams ahead of them, they allow fewer points per game. That's why I have no confidence that this Kings team is going to be a playoff threat, assuming they make the playoffs, which, by the way, is not a given. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you end up 7, 8, 9, or 10, and you have to play the Lakers or the Warriors in a single-game elimination, I'm not picking Sacramento in that. 
Okay. So you got a critical stretch coming up. Again, the Nuggets play tonight in LA. So you get them on a back to back. Currently going on right now, the Warriors lead the Pacers in Indiana by 10. The Mavericks are at the Garden in New York. The Knicks have a lot of injury issues. And Anobi's going to be out several weeks. They're without Randall. They're getting them at a good time. It is 28-20 Dallas. So they're getting a break by taking on a team that has a lot of injuries in the Knicks. They got a lot of injuries. So, I mean... Brunson got hurt the other night. Ananobi's out. Right? So, we'll see if the Mavs can beat the Knicks. And if they do, they climb right up the backs of the Kings. This thing's, every single one of these games, folks, means a lot. If Dallas wins, they're even in the win column with Sacramento. Critical stretch coming up for the Kings. All right, again, who wants to talk today? You want to talk Kings? Trade deadline? You want to talk Super Bowl? Who wants to lead me off right here on this Thursday edition on Listen Up? Tomorrow, Ryan and Sacktown, pregame show, halftime show with Jerry Reynolds, postgame show, Kings and Nuggets. Ryan had a show today at the NBA trade deadline. Appreciate all of those that Went over to my YouTube channel if you don't like that and check that out. If you missed it and you want to see it, just go to YouTube and you can watch it. All right? Easy to do. But I, I don't know if we're going to do anything on Sunday. I was talking to Ryan about this. You know, it's so stupid that the King, the NBA needs to have their heads examined. All right? You're having a Kings, you're having the Kings play Oklahoma City on Sunday afternoon. Really? Like, at 2 o'clock Central Time? Like, how stupid is that? It's unbelievable. So I told Ryan, I go, you know, it really doesn't make sense to do a post-game show on Sunday right before kickoff. I said, if you want to do a show, go ahead and do a show. So we'll see. We haven't decided yet. I just, I can't imagine how many people are going to be like saying, yeah, you know, let, let me watch. You know, the Kings postgame show, you know, instead of getting ready to watch the Super Bowl with everything else that's going on. So I, I don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. Okay, but we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. All right. We'll let you know. If you have not yet subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do so. That way you'll be notified of everything that is going on. All right. Again, who wants to talk? Raise your hand and we'll do it. Uh, Super Bowl. Who do you like? Where do you think that game's heading? Tomorrow, my podcast will drop, and I'll give you my predictions, and I'll go over what I think are the important aspects of the game. All right, let's get rolling right here, and why don't we bring in Waggus? Waggus, we'll get you started here on this Thursday. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good, Grant. Um, so, yeah, I mean, about the Super Bowl, uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of torn uh, because I feel like I'm saying this emotionally. But I do think the Niners finally pull it off and Shanahan does get his first ring. But make no mistake, Grant, he's got to get it done. He, You know, now he has everything, right? Because he's going around interviewing, this is my quarterback. This is the quarterback I wanted, right? He went on a gun McCaffrey, right, as well, who, you know, is, in my opinion, 
uh, the best offensive player in the NFL uh, from a would you say McCaffrey is the best offensive player in the NFL? I don't think there is a best offensive player in the NFL. I think he's in the conversation. But I also would tell you that I think Debo Samuel is as valuable to the 49ers offense as is McCaffrey. Because every time Samuel is not on the field, the 49ers offense comes to a damn uh, – uh, they come to a, a standstill. I mean, they, they literally can't do anything. So, yes, I, I think he is. But I think in terms of when you look at the 49ers – the players that are, are as valuable, who's more valuable than Debo Samuel based on our eyeball test? When he's not on the field, the Niners offense looks completely different. No, I, absolutely. Yeah, no, uh, uh, definitely. And and that's further, right? You know, we have all the pieces. Uh, yep. I think that this team is, and I'm not talking about the QB position, but this 2024 team is a lot better offensively than the last few years team. And don't get me wrong, those teams were good, but I feel like this team is better. The only difference is the Chiefs offense is a little bit better too. And I don't, uh, and, and I know we've seen Mahomes win a couple games, right? But the Chiefs offense isn't as good as it was before, right? In the previous years. Would you agree Very with true. that? Very true. Yeah. Yes, I would. So, so but their defense is better. Their defense is better, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I know you picked the Chiefs to win, right? But, yep. Do you believe the Niners have enough talent to get it done, right? Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, okay. but here, here's the issue. I don't like the Niners' recent body of work. I don't think they played well at the end of the season. Uh, the Baltimore loss was a horrible loss at home yep. on Monday Night Football where they got annihilated. I personally feel they got out, outplayed in both their playoff games. I think Green Bay outplayed them, and Detroit clearly outplayed them. And yet the Niners found a way to win. I don't think that recipe works against Kansas City. If that defense that I watched against Green Bay and Detroit shows up against Kansas City, the Niners will not win the game. Absolutely, 100%. And the reason why Lions didn't win the game is because it, they stopped kicking field goals, right? Let's just face it, right? That's right. Yeah. That's um, correct. Yeah, so, um, no, I mean, uh, I, I get it. You know, um, um, you know, it's really hard for me because uh, – I, I really feel like we have enough, but, you know, I, I, I was thinking like, okay, this is emotional for me, but I can see the Chiefs winning, but I really feel like this is a year um, that this is our best best chance to get it done, and, and we'll see. And you know what? If it ends up, Grant, if it ends up being a shootout and Mahomes has a crazy drive at the end, I'm okay with that. I, I really am, right? Because the NFL is a game of chances, but if it turns out, that, you know, we're playing horrible like that Baltimore game or these last two games, I, I think it's going to be a very disappointing end. Um, I don't think the Niners – I don't think Kansas City can win a shootout. Uh, their offense is not as good as the 49ers' offense, even though they have Mahomes. I don't think Kansas City wins a shootout. I think Kansas City wins a game that's more in the mid-20s uh, than anything above into the 30s. I think if this score gets where both teams are in the 30s, I think San Francisco would win. And again, I'm fully aware of what Mahomes does. But if I'm looking at weapons on offense for 49ers versus Kansas City, I mean the Niners. So the Niners have the advantage. All right, they they have the advantage. They're just they're a better offensive team. Okay. And you know, obviously, after this, we'll start talking basketball. But I got to be honest with you, I am not confident in the Kings this year. I mean, I understand last year was a great year, and they probably snuck up on some teams. But now teams know. And I don't see them having the same type of success this year um, where I, and 
when I say that is I don't see them having a top six seed uh, or, or maybe even a top five seed. Maybe they can sneak into the six. So I guess I wanted to ask you, what's the difference between last year and this year? Fabulous question. Uh, I thought the Aaron Fox was playing better last year than this year. So I'm going to start right there. Um, I think that the West is better last year than this year. So there are fewer injuries that are impacting the teams that are in the top four or five. So I think that's a difference. But those are two of the things that jump right out at me. I mean, last year, De'Aaron Fox was Mr. Fourth Quarter, Mr. Clutch, right? Yes. Again, the Kings' point differential this year is terrible. And the disparity, Waggis, between when they win and they lose is mind-boggling to me. Like, they have been so uncompetitive in so many games this year. I, I don't understand that. I really don't. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I absolutely, especially, obviously, when they play the Pelicans. It's just, um, you, you know, you and Dougie uh, used to talk about it on the show, I remember. When you get good, you, you got to beat the teams that you, uh, you know, can beat. You got to destroy them, right? And, and then yep. you challenge the teams that are higher than you. And it just feels yep. like, and Grant, you made a living saying this, the Kings sometimes play down to their competition, right? Yes, they do. Yes, yeah. so, they've done it this year. Yeah, I mean, and, the Kings have done very well against the upper echelon teams this year for the most part. But look at all the bad teams they've lost to. I mean, they lost to the Pistons at home. They lost to Charlotte at home. They lost at Portland. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on. They have a lot of bad losses this year, a lot. And they had a lot of bad losses last year. But the point differential, again, to be where the Kings are and only have a point differential of plus 0. 0.3, <laughs> Again, I compared it to all the other teams. That's not good. That is not good at all. Yeah. And uh, and I really do think that um, the Clippers are taking the West this year if Kawhi stays healthy. I do too. Uh, Kawhi is the main, yeah, um, main piece. I am starting to see, you know, Kevin Durant and, you know, those guys put it, put it together. Yep. Uh, um, so you have that. And honestly, out of the East, I don't really see a team as a front runner anymore. Um, because I know Embiid's out, right? Milwaukee just, I mean, they're inconsistent, right? And I know they're well, going I think coaching. Boston is. You think Boston is? Okay. Okay, Yeah, all right. I think so, Boston. Yeah, and I think the, Drew Holiday is, is, is going to be the difference. I mean, you got to think about this, Waggis. They're 39-12. Right. and 12. You know, they're 39-12. and 12. I mean, that's that's the best record in the NBA. Would you uh, – I think Clippers and Boston would be a phenomenal series for the league and, and in general. Uh, yep. But I do think the Clippers can beat them. But it'll be fun, right? So because they have two, the wing defenders. So um, uh, and then you know I just want to say something about Scott Pollard. It's it's obviously very sad for us to hear that. You know, especially you know Grant, you know me being a little kid, you know in middle school and you know coming home and seeing you on TV and you know you guys would, you know Scott was like kind of like your guys' buddy because you you would even do interviews and. It just seems like you were really close with Scott over the years when he was playing. Um, would you say that he's probably one of the people that you're most close with uh, on that roster from like 1998 and, and on? Uh, 98, you mean? Uh, 98, yeah, yeah, I, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Scott's one of my best friends. 
uh, I would say that it's interesting you bring that up because I'm very close with several of the people that played on that team. I'm very close with Peja. I'm very yeah. close with Vladi. Um, Scott and I have vacationed together before uh, with our families on more than one occasion, both when he was a player with the team and upon retirement. So, yeah, yeah, I'm very close with m- several of the players that were on that team, and uh, he, he's probably at the top of my list, yeah. Yeah, no, I was going to say that because every time you and Jerry would pick on him, right, during the game, you guys would talk about it <laughs> right. a lot. So so that was then, you know, Scott, yeah, it's it's really sad to see that. So hopefully he gets well, and uh, uh, go Niners, Grant. Thank you. Thank you, Waggus. Appreciate you. Take care. Hey, folks, I want to talk to you about Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. i got to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by Ph.D. scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And again, I was a bit on the fence about Zbiotics initially, but then I was at a birthday party. Uh, my buddy and his wife had rented out a restaurant, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you know what, folks? Believe me, it is the real deal. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, reunions. Hey, there's so much going on, right? Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Go to zbiotics.com slash grant to get 15% off your first order when you use grant at checkout. Zbiotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, go to zbiotics.com slash grant. Use the code grant at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Again, if you want to get in on the program, raise your hand uh, and we will put you right on and we can talk about uh, whatever uh, you want. So, yeah, I uh, Scott always knew that he would be facing this hurdle. Okay, he lost his dad at a young age. No male figures lived past 55 in his family. Heart disease. Um, being big humans, very difficult to find a heart. You know, it's not like if you are the quote-unquote average person. And by average, I'm I'm not going to give you weight, height and weight, but average, right? Well, Scott's not an average person, okay? And he can't take a heart from a quote-unquote average person, All right, He needs a a heart from a a larger person. So that narrows the availability right there. You know, he could end up getting a heart tomorrow. I mean, you know, I could be going on tomorrow and talking about Scott's in surgery. I mean, 
you know, I don't, I don't have to tell you this. It's, it's very difficult to predict when someone's going to die and who's an organ donor and who would be a match. You know, there are a lot of factors, a lot of variables that go into this. I have talked to Scott about this. Thank goodness that we live in an era where medical technology is so good. I mean, they're even using the hearts of pigs in people now, including valves and things of that nature. And so, I mean, medical technology is freaking amazing. But, you know, th th this is no... Um, and there are a lot of people that are having very good lives who have heart transplants. You know, and they're, they're able to live a, a happy life. And for Scott, I mean, he's not getting out of the hospital without a new heart. So he's staying in the hospital. And he's staying in the hospital. And when he comes out of the hospital, he'll have a new heart. Or else he's not coming out of the hospital. And he knows that. And, you know, we've talked about this. He's uh, very appreciative of the support from so many people. He still has a very good sense of humor. I mean, that's Scott for you. He always has had uh, a, a sense of humor. Dawn, his wife, is with him around the clock. His kids are coming to visit him on the weekends. So I'll keep you updated. I'll keep you updated. But... You know, he could get, what are we talking about right now? What is it, 525? Could be getting a heart tonight. You just, you don't know. You wait and you hope. And, but the just the thought and the dynamic that you must be going through as you're lying in the hospital bed and you're like, you know, the, there's only one way you can get a heart. And so your, your good fortune is going to be someone's misfortune. I mean, it's very, I, I know that's life. I, I get it. But the, the, the whole dynamic of that and having the, I mean, I, I, I just can't, I cannot imagine. I, I truly cannot imagine what Scott's going through. I, I just can't. And I actually have friends that have been the recipient of a kidney or they donated a kidney, I mean, that's a whole different ballgame. You, you don't have to give up your life to donate a kidney, right? You know, it's a different ballgame. But heart, yeah, fingers crossed. Praying for everyone in this scenario. All right, again, um, we're going back and forth here, but I, I think that's important, and I'm glad that Waggus brought it up. Who wants to be next? Okay, who wants to be next? NBA, NFL? Uh, anything else? You know, back to what Waggus was saying with the NFL and the game. You know, when he said this is Kyle Shanahan's year, you know, you, you don't know how many chances you're going to get. And I look at this game, and I think the 49ers are a better team because I think they have better personnel than Kansas City. But I don't like the way the 49ers played in December, and I don't like the way they played in January. And that the first red flag that I saw with the 49ers was their loss when they were healthy and they got annihilated by Baltimore. They got manhandled. And their defense got manhandled. And I haven't seen the 49ers defense since that game. 
And I didn't see them, the 49ers defense against Green Bay, and I didn't see them against Detroit. So why do I think I'm going to see them on Sunday? And Mahomes is too good. I mean, think about what he did to the Baltimore defense, right? Mahomes is too good. I just, I guess I could answer the question. I think I know what team's going to show up for Kansas City. I think you're going to get their A version. Are you going to get the A version of the 49ers? That's the part I don't know. Let's get to Dorian. Dorian, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, Grant. Great to hear from you, man. Thank you. Um, I think Waggis is correct. Um, I think, you know, talking about the 49ers, I think that, you know, I think this roster is a lot stronger than it was back in 2020. And I think, I don't think, I think you were mentioned, somebody asked you if uh, a couple of shows ago that if the Niners lose this game, does that put Shanahan on the hot seat? And I don't think it does. But I, think I don't with, either. But I think with this roster, I think, and the Chiefs not being as strong as visually and statistically as they have been, um, and their lack of receivers, I think this is this 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 has to be the game that the Niners pull it off. I mean, there's no reason. I think talent-wise, I think they're much more talented than the Chiefs are. Um, I think they are missing Mufanga from the safety position in their in their on their defensive rotation. But um, offensively, I mean, you're right. With I think. You know, even putting Debo Samuel in motion, I mean, defenses are just scrambling. I mean, that is a big asset to the Niners, and that's the, you know, one of the biggest reasons why the Niners are in the Super Bowl this year. But I think this is the year that the Niners got to pull it off and get that win. Well, I'm looking at the, the recent body of work. I mean, the one thing we would agree on, Kansas City's recent body of work is much, much more impressive than the 49ers. Sure. And if you if you believe in momentum then that would factor in. But, I mean, if you're just looking at both these rosters side by side, I would take San Francisco. Yeah. But, I mean, Kansas City beat Miami and held them to seven points. They went into Buffalo and held them to 24 points. And then look what they did against Baltimore. I mean, I can't just ignore that. Yeah. You know, no, totally. I can't just ignore that. Totally. I mean, Mahomes is one of the – is you know going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. But – No question. What do you – I mean – how do you feel about? I know, I know you mentioned the Chiefs have a lot of momentum, which is great. But you know, both these teams have two weeks off. How do you feel about that going into the game? I think it's more important for Kansas City than it is for San Francisco. Okay, because Kansas City had to play the extra game, so I think for them right now to have the extra week off, it's more beneficial. The 49ers just had a week off. Sure. So I think it actually favors Kansas City more than San Francisco in terms of momentum. Uh, the fact that Kansas City has been through this so many times, yeah, they they they, they know how to handle it better. So I, 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 they were just in it last year. They've been in it multiple times. I don't, I don't think it's going to affect Kansas City at all. I don't know what it's going to do to San Francisco. I would think it would help San Francisco only because I, I again, I don't want to discredit that they're in the Super Bowl, but they're lucky to be in the Super Bowl and yeah. they did not play well in the playoff games at home against the Packers or the Lions. Yeah, one thing I've noticed about Washington Niners a lot this year is that, you know, you could tell Purdy really gets flustered when there's bad weather conditions. And it'd be interesting to see with this game, they're going to be indoor, obviously, in Las Vegas. And I think, you know, if if Purdy doesn't get flustered, I mean, I think there's there's no reason why the, why the Niners can't win this game. The only way he's going to get flustered, in my opinion is if he has a really bad opening drive or bad second drive. Yeah. 
where he then has to overcome all of that adversity in a Super Bowl. You know, I think if he can get through the first quarter unscathed and, you know, with some good drives, then I, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I hope it's a good game nonetheless. I hope the Niners pull it off. Grant, I, don't, I really don't have anything to, to add, you know, to, to the Kings. Um, one thing I've, you know, we, we've talked about before and you've mentioned on, you know, YouTube and post-game interviews and stuff like that or post-game shows is there's a, 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 like, there's something missing with this team. And I haven't been able to pinpoint what that is. I don't know if it's like, it feels like it's a lack of passion because, you know, sometimes when you win something or you don't win anything, they, the Kings didn't win anything last year, right? They just got to, they, you know, they, they won the sense of like, they, they won the sense of the community back, so to speak. You know, they got to the first round, they got knocked out. And it kind of yep. felt like, it kind of felt like that, you know, that, that thing is gone now, right? So it's not kind of like really anything to play for anymore, kind of. But I don't know. I haven't been able to pinpoint if it's like a lack of passion or if there's a lack of team camaraderie now or why Fox's personality has suddenly changed in such a kind of kind of sporadic, fast kind of way. Also, I think fans, too, they're they're a little bit too emotional, which I get right. Like you have the fans that have been here forever. You know, they've they've been loyal after all these years of them being terrible. And then you have the newer fans that only experienced this past year of winning. And so it's really interesting the the dynamic to 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 kind of see like what what it really is because there's something that does feel off about this team and this season, even though you know there's you know the 30 or 51 games in the season, they've they're 29 and 21, right? But the West is definitely yep. better. There's less injuries. So I don't really know how I feel about this so far. But one thing for me is I'm a pretty unemotional fan. So if the Kings win, hey, that's awesome. If they lose, hey, I understand. But like, it's, I, I mean, I don't really, like I said, I don't really have anything to add about the Kings. I'm just, it's just kind of really weird to see how it's kind of going so far. I think there's just too much expectations too. I don't know. I'm just kind of talking right now, but it just kind of feels well, a little weird. I think these next four games are going to change the way people think about this team, both uh -huh. in Sacramento and league-wide. I, I, you cannot discount these four games coming up beginning tomorrow. Denver at OKC, at Phoenix, at Denver. These are – this is a critical stretch this week leading into the All-Star break. Yeah, and I would agree with you, Grant. But I also, like – you know, the Kings kind of, you know, similar to last year, the Kings play up to the Kings or the Kings play up to the, you know, team's um, talent level, right? Ability, last, right. Last yep. year, we talked so much about, oh, you know, the Kings are playing the Nuggets. They're going to come in and they're going to play a game. And you know what? A lot of times they won those games. And then sim similarly this year, oh, they play the Pistons. Okay, well, well they're going to have a tough first staff and shit, now they lose. Okay. So I, I totally understand that. But I mean, there's still 31 games left, and I'm just going to ride it out until we see what happens. Whether they make the playoffs or not, I'll always still be a fan. But I think I think fans just need to relax and just let things play out the way they should play out. Like I said, I'm not really sure what's going on with Fox and that whole personality thing or, or, or his, his lack of yeah. media presence. Um, there could be – I'm not trying to speculate. You know, these, these guys are people too. You know, they go through problems. They have problems like we do. They just happen to be really good at what they do. But, I mean, nonetheless, I just hope, you know, these next four games, the Kings can go at least go two and two because they should have beat the Pistons, but they obviously didn't. But if they go two and two, I mean, I guess, you know, 
That's good. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. You take care. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Bye -bye. Grant. Go Kings. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls. We say hello to Matt. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hey, Grant. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to follow up on what Dorian was saying about lack of passion. And what yeah. I find really interesting, I went back and watched the press conference after that uh, 175, uh, 176 uh, Clippers game that the Kings won. And yeah, that, last year, yep. Yeah. And that post-game interview is really interesting because Fox is just, like, super passionate. He's saying, like, we don't give a F who we're playing. And it's – I love – like, I remember after I watched that energy, I was so hyped on the team last year. And it's almost like I just haven't seen that guy in the press conferences or kind of even on the court. Nope. So, it was yeah. terrible. His press conference after the game last night, uh, I watched it uh, after it was done somewhere on social media. And I had bad thoughts going through my mind. I was like, there's something going on with this guy. He's just going through the motions. Uh, his answers were just, I don't know, very disappointing to me. So uh, there's something going on. There's no question in my mind, for sure. You're right. Agreed. Well, that's all I got. Love the show. Thanks. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it. Yeah, don't forget uh, Kings and Nuggets tomorrow, pregame, halftime, and postgame. And we'll double C. You know, Denver at OKC, at Phoenix, and at Denver. Critical stretch here for Sacramento. All right, uh, I am going to be traveling tomorrow, so I will not have a show. But uh, we will, of course, be on with you uh, for the Kings and the Nuggets. And on Monday, Sean Salisbury over on my YouTube channel at 3 o'clock to talk about the Niners and the Chiefs. Thanks, everyone. Have a great, great rest of your Thursday. Bye-bye.